and action. Can you get that whole thing in your mouth? Mm. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, uh, how you been? Good, you know? Busy. The business is, you know, wild, crazy. Um, and then, you know, I got an 11-year-old, and he's doing the sports like your girls. Yeah. Do you want to do a sound chest test, or you want us to roll right into it? Count, can I count to 10? I found that, you know. Could you please count to 10? Not can you count to 10? Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. To be fair, though. One time I got pulled over, I stopped at P twice in the alphabet, so. <laughs> twice? Twice. I'm like, what, man? What? He's like, you stopped at P twice. <laughs> like, to be fair, there's like a legitimate pause there when you do it. Figured I'd done enough of the letters, we were good. I thought, I thought we were, yeah, I didn't know yeah. do all of them. Yeah, 26? Is that right? 26 letters? You know? 26 letters. Still? Oh, 27. How many states are there? Yeah. 50. 50. <laughs> 15? Alaska 51? No, 50. 50. Jesus. So tell me a little bit about the podcast. What about it? Like, just, you, you know, just, you, I see who you, yeah, just have random guests on, random people you find interesting. Yeah, pretty much. And then you had me on. And then I had a long week. It was a slow week. <laughs> I was like, oh, what kind of knucklehead can I get in here? Fill this void. I don't know, yeah. that homeless guy down in the corner, he looks kind of busy. Maybe we yeah, had a call. Well, that success is defined differently for everybody. So, as a homeless person, yep, I was wondering why, <laughs> why are you doing it, why, and how how your life is with that. You know, some days though, I wonder if they got it right. Besides the filth and the cold and all that, Jesus <laughs> Christ, <I'm... laughs> I am smashing homeless people. Uh, this is not good. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so we're here with Matt Powers from yep. True North. Yep. Uh. Anyway, uh, we're, what were we talking about? We were talking about. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think we even started no, talking. We didn't start. We didn't start. I had to count to ten. You had to count to ten. Yeah. And we talked about the alphabet. Yeah. States. And yeah. Homeless yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I said about the podcast. Yeah. Like you. you you know, you got this growing business. Now I'm doing the interview. Yeah. You got this you got this growing business. Started doing this podcast. I've seen you went viral a few times. Uh, um that was kind of partially what it was about. Yeah. It was partially about people as you know, because you've worked with me, I think viral is a myth. I don't like not that it's a myth that I, it's not possible. To be honest, I don't really know what I know it's viral, like you get a certain amount of likes. I'm not completely sure of what it is. They but. change the definition. Sometimes, like, so on some platforms, it's 100,000 views. Some platforms, it's a million. True viral, I think, is like a million. Is that right, Tyler? Am I just making shit up now? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say probably a million is where you start to get into virality. Yeah. You get paid for that a million? You can. Depends. Monetized? I, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm only going off for Rogan when I hear him say, but yeah. So it was the idea of people continuously saying, well, we don't go viral or you don't go viral or especially the wife nagging me about being viral. Yeah, yeah. She like, wants you to be viral? She was like, well, if you don't go viral, how is how can you tell businesses that you can grow their business? And I was like, well, it's I work with local small businesses. My my goal is to grow you locally. Yep, yep. I'm not looking to grow people nationally. Yeah. And if I'm busy growing myself, right. how am I going to grow the businesses? Businesses. Yep. Right. So 
and I've always wanted to do a podcast. I've, I enjoy talking to people. This is probably the only hobby I have yeah. between this and like cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what's funny? Income the fat jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think talking about fat all day. Yeah. I hit 100 on the scale at 5'7. That is not a good number. That boy. That's not so. So I was like, all right, fuck it. And then I kept hearing a bunch of people say, you know, money's not going to make you happy. And I was like, well, then you're spending your money wrong, mm-hmm. right? Because money supports happy, period. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a, it makes happier easier, I think. Yeah. But I've seen people that are. You can be rich and miserable. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. And I get that. And if you're, and if you're miserable before you find money, you're probably going to continue to be miserable. Yeah. Right. So it's a combo thing, but you can't truly be happy without money. No, it's, it's tough. In today's world, it's tough to survive. It's nearly impossible. And they're throwing things in your face. I want that. Or, yeah, yeah. You, know, you want this. You need this. You've got to have this. Right. Or just like the, the ability to take a day off mm-hmm. or the ability to take half a day off oh. or leave early or yeah. or buy that thing that your kid wants. Like mm-hmm. we both have catchers. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking yep. catching gear is expensive. I have a hockey player too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah he's a hockey player. Yeah. 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 It so you're, you get the double whammy. At least yeah. my, at least her other sport is volleyball. Yeah, it's not much of it's like knee pads and knee shorts and you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just bought a new catcher's gear. Yeah, five hundred bucks. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, the gloves. He wants a new A two thousand. It's like yeah. I'm like, I just bought you a catcher's mitt. They're like three, they started three hundred dollars. Yeah, and not to mention the bats. You whatever the hell they cost. Oh, dude, they're five hundred bucks a piece. Yeah, insane. In softball, they're like five hundred bucks a piece. But like you said, this is your hobby. Yeah, and I was thinking on the ride here. It's pathetic, but his hobbies. Are my hobbies right? I mean, it's great because it gets me back in. I get to coach him in some of his sports and that, so I'm actually involved. But most of it is me just standing on the boards watching, trying to move like he does or how I want him to move on the ice. And that's the the, the biggest enjoyment in my life right now. Right. So I was thinking, like, you got to figure that out because someday he's not going to be playing or or around doing all that with you. You better pick up some hobbies. Yeah. yeah. Well, because. I also think that watching my daughter is kind of a hobby. Yep. Right? Like, I like to watch her play sports. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Yep. Like, I've always gone to her stuff. I coached her when she was younger. She has great coaches now, so I don't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what happens. You feel get older, which is, you get the better coaches. But that's what's awesome about it, right? Like, right now, her travel coach is a D1 catcher, mm-hmm. and she's a catcher. Yep. So- It's great. It's monster. Yeah. So I can literally just sit on the sideline, and if I think something went wrong- I don't even have to say shit because I know that that coach she knows more than you. She knows way more yeah, than yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and all. She's gonna want you to be quiet. Yeah, really. so I'm just gonna, yeah, because <laughs> she'll like yeah. she'll fight me and kick yeah, my ass. Yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah, 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 this is gonna work. Yeah, so she's great. And then for her, the high school team this year, last minute they got Gary Burnham oh, and Lori. He's coaching girls softball. Yeah. Gary Burnham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has daughters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not on this team. But and he was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't see that one. You should check it out. He was a great. Yeah. Um, but he's a, you know, he's a Hall of Fame baseball player. Is he the guy, and I'm not, Gary, I wish I was half the baseball player you were, but is he the guy that threw the ball into the stands? I know. In the World Series, in the College World Series, thought it was a, he thought it was the fat. third out, a fly ball, third out, foul ball, and he caught the foul ball, and there was a guy in third, and he tossed it in the stands, so the guy in third scored, and they won the game. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's amazing. It might have been his brother. I think you won an SB. Because there's two of them. I know, Brett. I played, against, I played Twilight against Brett. South Windsor and Tom, we never really played yeah. each other. And I think he was a little bit older than me, so I missed him. Um, but I remember he. I remember catching against him for the Orioles, and I was like, where do we throw the ball? He just was it a, everything. Was it a first base foul ball? 
Because that's where he played. He played first base. Must have been. He must have been or wherever he was. In Did you know where? I don't know where he played in college. Is Steve Bartman ringing a bell? Nope. Was this in, what year was this, like 2003? No, it was prior to that. Well, Gary started playing in like 99. Oh, Gary started. Gary's the. Gary's the older one. Yeah, Brett is. He started in 99. He was drafted in 99. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. But he did it. Yeah. So he did it prior to 2003. Gary Burton, was that guy, the guy at the Cubs He played game? in the Phillies. Gary Burnham was in the, was, played for the Phillies. Yeah, first yeah, base. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. But he's coaching her now. Yep. So that's fucking amazing. Yep. So I get to just sit back and like enjoy the game. But now I just have to fucking nag her at home and like, because she'll complain. She'll be like, oh, so and so is starting this position. I'm like, then fucking work harder. I gotta tell you. Like, work harder. Have a better attitude. Like, just do better. I don't know. Like, I don't know what else to tell you other than do more. I've only screamed at you to get better for forever. It's obviously not taking, so I don't know what else. Yeah. But I mean, she's tough as shit. Like, she's. And you know, and she's like me now, so she's an asshole. Yeah. So I was, yeah. we were, we went to, on Sunday, we were at the field hitting. Yep. I and fielding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She fucking like, I don't know, like it had to have been like, what you, you usually pitch ten feet away from them when they're just batting practice. Yeah. And I know. I better. saw you out there. We know you're lucky to get hit right in the teeth. I fucking got hit right in the thigh. I had this big fucking nimble guy like you got hit in the thigh. Yeah. Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. It was. I almost got hit in the sweets. Yeah. Like I moved. Oh yeah. And I just. But I was only like ten feet away, and it was a line drive. Yeah, like, I almost. Yeah, you have, they're getting bigger and stronger. Yeah, that's like that's how it goes. I was like, yeah, we're not coming here without a net anymore. It's like, yeah. this is not happening. Yeah, and she guys are. She South Windsor playing. Yeah, they have South Windsor. God, they put my town to shame. Yeah, their facilities, their their everything. It's just it's night and day. It's a great. Not for the not as much so for the girls, but yes, because they're they're super. Yeah, it's well, it's super sexist over there. Is it? They decided that. They weren't going to even fund a JV team this year before the season even started. And like 24 girls came out. So there was plenty of room for a JV team. Jesus Christ. So I can't believe they get away with that. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. Wow. My father coaches the girls at Buckley. Oh, really? They struggle a little bit. Yeah. But, but yeah, so she's like, she's a little fucking savage. So I got, she hit me with a fucking line drive. And of course, like, it hurt. So I start swearing and. Fucking threw the ball at her. I get you it. You know what? She, she just, no, I didn't even do that, but she she's like, suck it up. <laughs> Bro, that's good. I like that. You're right. You're right. You're right. So then she comes over to me with a jammed finger, same day. It's like swollen. And she goes, this doesn't look right. And I was like, yeah, no, you looks like you jammed it. Suck it up. <laughs> Literally. I was like, so you'll be fine. She's like, I know I'll be fine. I'm just saying it doesn't look right. <laughs> like, I don't know why you're showing me. Like, I don't know what you want me to do about that. Um, yeah, so I like I have no hobbies, so I started the podcast. Yep, and I enjoy this, and I enjoy talking to people that I enjoy talking to. Yep, um, and it's you know it's it's kind of morphing into its own thing as we do it. Yeah, like um, anything else, like anything else. Yeah. So we've had some find your path. We've had some really super cool, interesting people on that. Yeah, and again, no. Yeah, setting the bar high, man. So I know, yeah. So well, this will probably end yeah. up on the floor. But we had a cardiologist on last week. This week we have Matt Powers. He swings a hammer for a living. <laughs> Somebody's got a sweet. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, no, but there's something to be said about we had a we had a union rep for the Carpenters on. Okay, he was great. Yeah. Um, and what? Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Continue. No, I, I'm going to interrupt you constantly. Go for it. Um, what was he? What was his interest? What was he saying about the? Um, construction market in Connecticut. W- was he talking about 
how he started the industry in Connecticut. Do mostly commercial. Well, he talked mostly I about commercial. Feel that struggling right now in Connecticut. He said it's actually not real, from what I remember. He said that they're doing pretty well. We started talking about, you know, I think they're at like eighty percent retention. Okay, people that are hiring, yeah, into yep. the trades and coming into the carpentry yep. union itself, they're at about eighty percent retention. So it's it's an interesting time because, at, although trades are a really good option for some people. I don't know how many people are built properly for the trades anymore. Yeah, they don't, you know, I, I, yes, I, we struggle, and I'm sure he might have touched on this, finding new young people that are willing and able to do the trades, you know, because you can't just, you, you know, you got to be a little bit thick skin because you work with a different uh, kind of person, you know, there's, you know, there's no um, biting your tongue on the job site or, you know, pulling any punches or any of that. Um, plus you can't, you know, you, you could want to do it, but you have to be physically able to do it. You have to be able to, you know, climb a ladder while you're carrying something without falling down and killing yourself using a a saw. So we battle that. We get guys that come out of the trade school and I'm wondering what they taught them in the trade school, you know? Um, or if someone should have said to them, Hey, maybe this is the trade you should have went in or, you know, push them in a different direction. But But that being said, there's kids that go to school or go to regular, you know, a regular high school or that, that they're trying to force them to college that they should probably would have been better suited being pushed into a trade. Right. Sure. Well, and that, I think it's super individualized what you should do with your life. Mm-hmm. I think that you have to figure out the best case scenario is figure out what you enjoy doing and then find a way to make money doing it, make a money doing it. Right. That's, that's the way it works when you're doing it right. So if you can enjoy swinging a hammer or doing video or whatever it is, find a way to make you know, money at it. Right, figure out, and that's what I did, and yep, and that's exact. That's what I did, and it was kind of complete luck. Growing up, the like the first gift I ever wanted, I, you know, I've told you this story before, was was a tool bench, and you know, there's a picture of I still have the tool bench in our shop. Um, anytime I could find a piece of wood or anything, I wanted to, I wanted to get out, use my hands, build stuff, um, and it just by chance I ended up in the trades. I wasn't actively looking for a job in the trades, um, especially in construction. I just ended up there. I was fortunate enough to learn from good people, and you know, it pushed me down the path of mine where I, you know, now run a business and I've kind of set the life up that, you know, uh, a good work-life balance through that, um, that random opportunity to get a job in construction. Yeah. It's, my dad was in the trades. My dad was a plumber. Plumber, yep. And he owned his own business. Mm -hmm. And had I had any interest in it at all, I would have had a a much different path in life, but it would have, I would have been way more financially set way sooner in yep. life yep. because I would have been second generation going into a family mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think people realize- A different person, though. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. You, you know, this, like you said, financially stable, or would you, we just talked about money, would you have been happier in that lifestyle? No. No. Playing in other people, it might have been, been, been a harder path for you, but it was your path. And- yeah. But but it's one of those things where, like, my dad loved it. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad loved being a plumber. Yep. Like he just really enjoyed it. He still loves it today. Yeah, he's like, oh, you got to see this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need yeah, to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I bet it's a lot of things he loved. He loved being a plumber, but he loved the, the, the like, I probably, the relationships that right. he had. The, the people you, you meet, the, you know, the constantly you're moving from job to job. You're not set, sat at a desk all day long. Right. There's a lot to be said about that, especially if he was working for himself as his own company, making your own. You know, I want to work tonight till eleven o'clock on estimates. I can, and then I can take Friday off, or or however you want to lay out your life. You know, that's the thing, right? It's it's learning how to grow a business in a way that you can make money 
if you're not there. Yes. Right? And I was having a conversation with somebody about that today where if you're doing all the work yourself, then that's it. Mm -hmm. Then the only time you're making money is when you're doing the work yourself. It's tough. And you have to be able to grow your business in a way where you can pay people what they're worth and then still make them happy to be there. Yep. Like offer them enough comfort and enough things to be excited about that they want to be part of your team. And they're going to, yeah, they're going to, they're going to produce every day. They're going to, you know, they're going to represent you every day. That's tough. That's tough to find. That's, you know, a lot of people just want to check that, you know, click in and out or clock in and out for the day and, you know, put their hours in and go home and live their life. You got to, it's a tough road to. Well, that's one of the things that I'm fucking arguing with people on the internet right now with is what they're paid for. Because we were talking, when I was talking to the uni rep, I was like, early is on time, on time is late, late is unacceptable. Yep. That's just the way I was raised. Yep. It was the way that my coaches taught me. It was, it was just, that was the natural course of things. So everybody obviously is, I'll get there when I'm getting paid. And it's, you're not getting paid to be there. No. Like you're like, everybody's fucking confused. Your, your time has no value. I don't give a fuck. Your time has zero value to everybody else. I just sit there and do nothing. I need you to go there and produce. Right. So you're not being paid for your time. Yep. And everybody on the internet is now following all these, like Gary Vee and some of these other guys that are these talking heads that are telling everybody, hey, you know, your time is the only thing you have. You have to, this is what you have to value. And it's like, no, time is not the only thing you have. Well, I don't want to trade my time for money ever. And, right. I, 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 Gary Vee, I thought he'd be the other way. No. No. Yeah, I would never want to trade my time for money. Time is the only thing you have in this life. It's, it's all your value. You have to figure out what your value is for your time. No. You're, you're completely wrong. The only thing you have is your skills. Yeah. And if you have no fucking skills, you have no value. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure out what you're good at and how you can get paid for it. And if you want to have a job, I'm not paying you to show up. I'm paying you to do the work. So if your job is to bang nails all day, that means you show up, and when you start banging nails, I'll start paying you. Mm -hmm. But being early shows me that you have initiative. It shows me that you care about what you're doing. It shows me that you want to work here. It shows me that you want to go further than everybody else. I'm also completely, I would rather you come five minutes early and shoot the shit for 20 minutes than show up 10 minutes late and start working. Yeah, I, I don't like either, but... Absolutely. I'd but, like you to be there. And at least I know you're in the right mindset. You're getting it right. You guys, you know. But what I mean by shoot the shit is like you're you're involved with the people that you work with. Yes. You're building those stronger relationships. And then your output becomes better because you're all working together, together. and you're creating an environment that's worth working in. Absolutely. But if you show up 15 minutes late with a bad attitude you're, 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 and you're you're and you're rushing into work like now I'm like, oh, well, you're rushing now. So, mm -hmm. you know, and I. And this is something that and you're my doing bad taste in all your employees. Like, hey, man, I, I control my time. Why can't you show up on time? Now, right. I, now I'm setting up, or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, whatever, I'm doing whatever office people do. I don't know, yeah, <laughs> whatever they do. I'm sifting through the emails, and you're, you, you know, you're not even at your desk yet. Right. Um. Yeah. That and that does, that doesn't create a good atmosphere at work or a good a, a good team. And it's one of the things I taught my daughter in sports was there's a difference between rushing and hurry. Right. Rushing is sloppy. Mm -hmm. Hurrying is with intent. So you can hurry and do something as long as you're mindful about it. Yep. So I don't want you to rush the throw to second. 
as a catcher. You got to get you got to hurry and you got to get there quick. Yep. But you got to do it under you know composed. But once you rush it, it's going to be sloppy. The throw's going to be off, mm-hmm. and now you might overthrow or underthrow. Controlled chaos. Controlled chaos. But it's it's one of those things where there's a whole group of people that have decided that I'll get there when I get paid. Your your again your time has no value, and this idea that oh we only have so much of it. Yeah, sure, but you don't know how much. Well, there's and there's different people. I mean, the, the people that have that kind of view, they're they're always going to be just the status quo. They're never exactly going to move up in the you know. You're not owed anything. Like if you want to move your way up in any, I mean, it, it, I mean, this is should be um, common sense. But you got to put in. You got to make yourself. You got to separate yourself somehow. You gotta get yourself noticed. You know? Right. And and how you do that is showing up early. Working hard, asking questions, um, you know, being reliable. I, I have, you know, we have. Or I'm going to make up a number right now. I think I have 17 employees, and I know, you know, on a scale, who is the most reliable and who isn't. I mean, that's just that's just nature. And and you and who, pay the and, most unreliable one the most money, obviously, because yep, yep. they deserve it. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. They're equally paid. Course, to everybody. Equally paid. Everyone gets the same amount. It's it's fair. It's... Fuck everybody. <laughs> Yeah, it just we just we just put the money in a pot at the end. Everyone gets the same. That's how it works. Yeah, everybody cuts <laughs> it up. No one gets angry, upset. You yeah. know. No, that's fine. fine. Really builds a real strong work ethic yeah, amongst yeah, the the reliable people, and they yeah. stick around forever. But with that being said, I don't want my guys. We do have great guys. They all work hard, and a lot. You know, they know their roles in the company. There's guys that are more skilled, less skilled, um, and they're paid accordingly. But for the most part, my guys go out there. They they try to produce. Right, but even with your guys. This is how they learn that they need to step up. Yep. I would rather have an entire team of Adams. Mm-hmm. Well, he's one of the best. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's what I that's yeah. what I mean. I'd rather have an entire team of Adams. Yep. And if that and if you're not Adam, then step up. Mm-hmm. Like good to fight for it. Yep. Like get get to that spot. But if you're okay with status quo and you're okay with what you're making, then that's fine too. And I, yeah, I can tell you just like we're talking about why 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 Adam is because Adam's one of those guys. Like He's doing what he loves. He loves, you know. He, right. He's a tradesman through and through, so that's why he shot out. They got a lot of the guys that aren't like that. This is like their fallback, or you know, their I didn't make it to you know what I really wanted to do. Is that your phone binging? Oh, yeah, something. I'll turn it off. I thought it was off. It's very Jeez. popular. Christ, you're so popular. I don't know. My sister's going with us on vacation now. Should be fun. Wait, what? We're going to. My sister got a new job, so now she's got until like next month off, so she's gonna go down to Florida. So that should be fun. No. You're gonna you're gonna love that. Oh, my parents, my my buddy and his dog. Take Jeff too and Lynn. Oh man, the whole crew. Gosh. <laughs> That's my break, man. Really nice for you. <laughs> That's my break. Uh, we guys could all go to St. Mark's or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I been hanging out with my buddy Steve lately. I think he's going to St. Mark's with him. Is he? Yeah. Um, it's good they found each other. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> Yeah, I love you both. Jesus. Um, yeah. So what else we got here? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Um, but that, for me, that's what it takes if you want more in life, right? You have to set up, you have to establish what your value is. And only you are in charge of what your actual value is, right? So the more skills you learn 
And the more you can do and the more you're capable of, the more you valuable you become to a company. Yep, absolutely. And that's the only way that you're going to develop enough skills to run your own company if you want to do that too. Again, there's nothing wrong with being status quo and being no, just the guy that shows up and does his job and goes home. If you're happy there. Right. But don't complain on social media and, and, everywhere, and anywhere anyone will listen to you that you're disenfranchised or, you know, the world's out to get me. Like, it, it, you make your own path. And don't get me wrong. There are people that their yeah. starting line is way below. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know? That's not even what we're talking about. No, we're no, talking no. about. We're literally talking about just everybody that has the same, that works for the same company. Yeah. Like, just take the people that work for the same company, right? Like, dude, forget trying to talk about the whole world and mm. every single person's list of fucking problems because yeah, yeah. we all know that's real like yep. everybody has their own starting line mm-hmm. everybody has their own shit that they had to go through everybody has the own their shit that they have to deal with that's like fucking that's too much to try and unwrap yeah. you don't want to unwrap that today no we could try <laughs> i'm not qualified yeah. but we could fucking try but that's the point right is if you take everybody that works at the same company and just because you're a loudmouth that complains doesn't mean you're the one doing the best job, Mm-mm. right? Being loud doesn't make a good leader. No. Right? There's there's something to be said about a leader that has a voice, but that voice has to be able to lead you in the direction of winning, right? It's That's why I love sports so much. Yep. That's why I love kids to play sports so much. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just sports. Like I talk about it all the time. Then it can be it can be robotics. It can it's be, be something that you're dedicated to, that you put in time, that you you that you know you're learning how to be a good. Like, this sounds big, but you know I don't want you to learn to be a good employee. But that's basically what you're learning to be. You're learning, yeah. you're learning to be a successful adult. Is well, you learn, and you have to be in a group of other people that yeah. you're working with. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just be isolated by yourself. No. Right? Like, you can't be super good at just building puzzles by yourself. No. You have to be really good at building shit with other communicate. people. And communicate. And and either lead or take direction really well, or at least communicate so you can work together on projects. And, like, how many guys would literally fucking die on your job site if they didn't know how to communicate with each other? Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I didn't realize I needed to tell them that the stairs weren't nailed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, it'd be... It, 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 again, it'd be chaos. Right. But it would literally lead to someone's actual death. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, what I was talking about earlier. Like, in our field, you have to, you know, have the desire and the knowledge, and you have to be a little bit, you know, um, capable of doing the skills. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Every job has some it's, sort of, every job has some sort of skill set to it. I don't care if you're working at McDonald's, you're working at Walmart, mm-hmm. you're working at a construction site. You're working in video. You work whatever you're doing has a skill set, and that's what you're being paid for. You're not being paid to clock in and just be there. But our structure, what 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 stinks is the structure of business for the most part. For you know, especially entry level jobs and that it is you're you're punching it and you're getting paid by the hours you're there. You work your way out of that through hard work and. But you're getting paid by the hour because that's how we can keep track. Of I know how to pay you for your output. If I pay you X amount of dollars per hour, then I know what you're like. When you get a starting job, right? This yep. your starting salary. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it a starting start salary. Yeah. But if your starting salary ends up being your finishing salary, I'm I'm guessing that yes, there are outliers. There are some bad fucking companies out there. Yeah. But the majority of small businesses are good companies. Yep. 
the majority. The vast, you're going to move up and, and you're going to move up and you're going to make more money based on what you show them you're able to do in an hour. If you're able to do more in an hour than everybody else, you're going to get paid more yep. by the majority. Mm-hmm. Are there companies out there that aren't going to pay you more? Of course. And, and that's up to you to decide if you want to stay there. Or not. Yeah. And you can stay there long enough to learn all the skills you need, then go do and it somewhere else. Just take your skills elsewhere. Yep. Right. But the point is, is that you're not getting paid by the amount of hours you're there. You're being paid by the amount of work you do during the hours you're there. Nobody is being paid to just sit there and look at a wall. No. Well, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be getting paid for that. No, but name a job that that just sits there and looks at a wall. Even a security guard, even a security guard in a locked building, they're technically being paid to watch the building. Yep. They're not being paid to just... You know, but there's a lot, there's, there's, you can, you can hide away in some companies and not produce... And like you said, you'll stay in the same thing, but you're getting paid by that hour and you're getting paid that guy that started the same, you know, started with you and to the same level that you is doing more work right. is getting paid the same. And so that, that structure that we've set up is a little flawed, right? you know, like there's, and I mean, there's, you know, obviously you can get salary and you can get, you know, you get paid by the amount of nails you put in, get paid on how many burgers you give out, maybe at McDonald's, but that's not an option right now. So right. your option is, Hey, you're going to pay by the hour. If you don't want to do this anymore. You better work your ass off to get out of that. Right. And that's the point. And so there isn't, nobody has like an end date that they know about. There are, again, there are exceptions to the rule. Some people are given six months to a year because they have some terrible thing wrong with them. Yeah, yeah, geez. But the average person does not have an expiration date. So to say that your time has value is ridiculous. You just have to live every day to its fullest and enjoy what you're doing in in all aspects of life, your marriage, your kids, your friends, your work, your hobbies, all of it. Mm-hmm. You have to enjoy it all and do that's where you get the va- the most value out of your time is the enjoyment you put into what you're doing. When somebody makes me miserable at my work, I get rid of them. Yep. I say I'm no longer working with you. You're making me fucking miserable. Yep. You're arguing with me all the time about what we're doing. You're telling me that I'm not doing it good enough. We're just, just find somebody else to do it. Yeah, Yeah, find somebody else to do it because I don't want to stress out about you. I don't want to be irritated by you. You bring that home to your family. You bring it to your next client. Right. It makes you less effective throughout the day. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It makes, and as creative. We run into it with customers. For the most part, we have great customers, but you run into some that just, just, just wear you down, Yeah. you know, and- it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's all. Yeah, and imagine if that's a six-month project. Yeah. Or a oh, year-long it, project. It, it happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's just how it is. You know, it's tough to. Well, and that's where you learn that every business is the service business. Oh. Every business is the service business. And if I don't want to serve you, I make that choice. Right? It's It's no different than the restaurant that asks you to leave because you're not welcome here. Yep. Like. You're fucking obnoxious. Get out. We're yep. not serving you. And that's their right. Like, yeah. our right to serve. Yeah. Like, get out. Like, yeah. we're done dealing with you. Just take a hike. We're good. And that's what we do here because I don't want the people that work for me being stressed out. I don't want to yell at the people that I'm working with or be angry at the people I'm working with because my client is unhappy. Mm-hmm. Like, I want my clients to be excited. I want my people to be excited. I want to be excited. And if all that shit is not working, then I have to find a way to fix it. Yeah. You have to sever that relationship. Right. So that's what I do. That's how I handle it. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has that luxury. 
No. Not everybody has the luxury that I have to be like, yeah, I'll just find somebody else to fill that void. Yep. And, I, and there's, there's, I mean, and not to say you won't be someday or I won't be someday. You know, it depends on how, you know, if, if you have nowhere else to turn, sometimes you just got to grit it and yeah, and do it, you know? Um, which well, and sometimes you too. agree to a job. You have to finish yeah, the job. To, exactly. Like you have to, you can't not do the job. Yeah. You can't, if you've taken the job and you've taken some of the money, you have to finish the job. Yeah. You can't be that guy or girl that's like, eh, fuck it. And you don't, you know. You don't want to be that because people, that, that that word gets out and that, oh, that you know spreads out fast. Yeah, faster yeah. than any other word. Yeah, and then you know, no matter what that person did, no matter what that client did, their word is stronger than yours. That you walked away, you know, and they, oh, yeah. they, they have a uh, they have a platform to hit more more people than than you do on that individual job. Well, as they're going to tell everybody they they see. Well, and then there's certain professions that come with stereotypes. That are, oh yeah, the trades that are negative I, trades constantly, like contractors. Yeah, fucking forget it, forget it. Ah, I can't get them to come back. Can't get them to answer my calls. You won't do that. And I mean, stereotypes are always kind of a little bit true. I mean, obviously that that was a that 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 is a problem in this. And you know, we run into it with trades that we hire as subcontractors. There's a reason why we use the same core group, no matter how busy we are. We just spread them thin because they're good. They get the job done. We've tried other people. They don't. They don't finish the job. They don't do. The quality, um, they're they're not good with the customers. They're just not reliable in general. Um, it's 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 hard to find today. I think it's always been hard to find. Probably, probably it's just you know hard to find good people and and I, I think and if they're good, they're sought after and they're you know, right. There's everyone's coming for it. and they're busy. Yeah, I hear it all the time from people like, oh, we're too busy. We don't need social media. Or, oh, we don't need advertising. And, you know, then, of course, I'm like, well, you know, you do have to eventually think about your exit strategy. Do you want to sell your business or do you want to just close it? Yeah. Because if you have no electronic footprint, then you're just closing the doors. Yeah. You might find somebody that wants it, but if you have no way to prove that you're outside of your billing, but then that's you, mm-hmm. right? Like, the majority of my clients are my clients because of me. And then my and your team, And your guys and your team. My team is what makes me better. And my team makes the work better, but the clients are here because they know me yep. and they want to work with me in some capacity, right? They're not going, oh, I want to work with that whole team. They're here because I'm the, I'm the contact person. Yep. I'm the guy that, that had the initial conversations. I'm the guy that went out and said, what, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And this is the approach we're going to take. Right, I wouldn't be able to do as much without my team. No, and then the the, the team, like your team, like my team, the work they do is what makes the cut. From from that point on, when you sell a job, the work they do is what gets you that next job. Right, they're an extension of you. If they, you know, you're yeah. not going to get. Yeah, because the work that we put out is is our calling card. Yeah, like the work that we put out is what everybody sees. Mm-hmm. Right, and the last thing we want is, especially with what we do. We want people to have fun. And if you're not having fun, then this isn't going to work. No. Like you and I have. Oh, we had a we blast. Fucking it was last. It was fun. Right? And it's, oh, yeah. you know, and it, it's upsetting that it that it went the, the way it went, but it is what it is. Yep. Right? And it's, it's one of those things where my door is always open, yep. but I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need, I don't need it explained. I don't need. No. Any, like, I don't need any of that shit. Like, I just don't need the headache. Yeah. But we had fucking a lot of fun in your videos. We're fun we because were together, we had we were fun together for a lot. It was it was some three years. Yeah, you know we put out a lot of content. It was 
I mean, we had we had some fun. Yeah. Um, but like it, like with a family, you know, we got business partners, and you know, um, yeah, it's like trying to hang out with your buddy to, where your wife doesn't yeah, get along with them. It, yeah, but it's not even you know, it's there's a lot of moving. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> Let's move on from that one. <laughs> well, there's a lot of moving parts, but again, it's like if if we are we are buddies. Yep. But if our wives, if your wife hates me, yep. us hanging out as couples, does, it's, it does, it's not yeah. going to work. It's not going to work. No. It's never going to happen. No. Like, she might be like, oh, I can't believe you're hanging out with that guy again. But it's, it, that's what it is with business partners. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing that. Like, if you're. Yeah. And if we're, you know. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly how it ends up. And that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Like, because everybody has to do what's best for them. Everybody has to find their own path and do what works for them, right? And that's where all of what we're talking about matters in business is your relationship with me in business is not as important as your business partner. Yeah, no. It's just yeah. not, yeah. right? Like, that's just real. No, it is. It, and you've got to keep, you know, you got to know your roles in the company and or your role as the owners of the company and let you know, sometimes you got to make concessions and realize the person who has to deal with, you know, certain aspects of the business and you need to step aside and let that unfold. And to be clear, I actually do it like your business partner. <laughs> I know. You're making know. it sound like, like he's some sort of fucking super villain. But no, I actually like Jeff. I think yeah, Jeff's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy <laughs> Jeff. I actually invited him on, but it, I like Jeff. So it's not like, Me too. it's not that. It's, it's. We're having we're having an actual conversation about having business partners and understanding the structure of business. Complicated relationship. Actually, I don't know. My real relationship is pretty complicated, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, it's a it's a give and take like any relationship. Yeah, all relate. All business is a relationship business, on every level. The relationship you have with your employees, the relationships you have with your partners, the relationships you have with your clients, all of it is the relationship business. And if you're not in the relationship business, then you're never going to own a business. And the people that make it about the money or make it about the bottom line or think that they know better than the people they hire, that's when it all goes falls apart, fucking awry. Like, if you didn't trust me to do what, I, what I'm doing, don't hire me. No. I remember the first time I came out to shoot video for you. Yeah, that was the great, one of the greatest stories. I was, I thought that's the go ahead. So, <clears throat> you, Danny comes out and, uh, you know, I've never met him. Comes out there, he's got like a suitcase. He's got probably like two cameras, none of this going on. Um, and me, we're in a dark basement, like an 18th, 1700s house. And uh, I'm like, we're fixing the floor, George, or something. And we're just shooting the shit. And didn't realize he has the camera running. And uh, we're talking about, Play it by ear, like stupid sayings that no one know. We, we say, but we have no idea what it means. And this kid I've never met goes, "Well, play it by ear means if you, you know, he had the he had the answer to it, and uh, that was it." And then he films us doing all this stuff, and we're trying to make it like a HGTV thing. Like I'm telling him the Joyce and everything. And the first video comes out. Jeff sends it to me, and it's just like a black wall with voices in the background talking about like you know just bull- shooting the shit. And I first watch it, and I'm thinking, who the fuck is this guy? What kind of video is this? This is awful. Would you hire or get rid of this guy? And then I listened to it again. I was like, oh, my God, this shit's hysterical. It was, it was great. And then he pitched to us. He was like a, he was like a, a prostitute. Every time you'd question him on what he was doing the, or the route he was going, he always had this perfect answer that draw, 
all right, he's a genius. He's got it. He's got it figured out. I did. I had it figured out. I knew exactly what I wanted to do and how I wanted yeah. to do it. And I was lucky because you guys took a chance on me because I invented my business. Yeah, that was nobody, your first client. Yes. And nobody does what I do. And I don't talk about the and whole we, process Jeff, of what Jeff's, I do. Jeff's ancient. He's over 50. I'm, you know, I just missed like the tech, uh, you know, I'm a 2000, you know, graduated from 2000. Computers weren't, you know, social media and that I, I meant nothing to me. Right. You know, I didn't know anything about it. I had no idea. So when you came in and pitched it that day, again, business partner, she thought it was good. I was like, all right, whatever. Let's give it a try. And uh, it, it it worked out, you know, for both of us. I think yeah. through us, we built your business and you built your doing what you do. Yeah. Built our business. Because I built your, was able to be successful in how I plan to build your business. It actually grew my business. Yes. And it, and I grew to love you guys. Like I have nothing but love yeah. for True North. Yeah. Like I still yeah. to this day, yeah. I have nothing yeah. but love for True North. Um, and that's the thing is like, I, and you got to really in business, you can have those, like, that's why it's tough. You hire friends or whatever, especially you start working, you become friends and business is business. You know, you sometimes difficult decisions are made and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, you hope it doesn't take away from friendships. Right. Well, I have a very clear vision on how to grow businesses mm -hmm. and I'm, and I fancy myself to be pretty good at it. Yep. And clearly it worked out because my first year with you, I made $28,000 out of my garage. Yep. Last year we did 500K. Yep. Right. And that's four yep. years later. Yep. Like that's a huge, especially for what I do. Right. That's a huge jump. I'm like, I'm not building houses. I'm not. This, like, guy's, this guy's doing the math. He's like, I'm not getting paid enough. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> he makes $12 yeah, an hour. That's pretty good. For not trading your hours for time. You're trading yeah. as you reduce. Yeah. Your skills. Start doing something. Yeah. <laughs> fucking learn something, would you? We just had that conversation yeah. earlier. God, these guys are so dull. <laughs> Literally everything yeah. is him. He's like, what if we do this? Yeah. I'm like, I guess. He's like stubbing and stupid shit on our faces. He, oh my God. The other day we were, so we're doing a, we're doing a. It's really hot in here, by the way. Yeah, it gets fucking warm in here. The lights. Jesus Christ. So we're. No, it's all right. I'll be fine. We're doing a, uh, so we're doing an ad for. The podcast we're going to run on Spotify, like right. just a voiceover ad. Okay. So at first I was like, I don't want to fucking read it. I'll just have somebody else do it. So I just submitted the script. So this fucking kid goes, what you do? Give me- Christopher Walken? <laughs> he put my voice from the podcast, 30 seconds of my voice into an AI. Like chat beat GTV? Some whatever the hell. I don't know what it is. What? Which one did you use? Let's get, yeah, let's plug them. Yeah. It's called Eleven Labs. It's a AI voice synthesizer. So we created my voice, dude. That AI shit scares the crap and out read of the script with my voice. Mm. And I was like, "Come on!" Wow. Well, they're making TV. They could like right on TV. They can make anyone look like anybody. Yeah, you're not going to be able to the, trust video anymore. I mean, I, I, I'm wearing. Can't. I've been wearing my tinfoil hat for a few years now. It's I, under, I, I think everything's fake. I can't. You take that hat. Yeah. There's a fucking oh, yeah. foil under there. Yeah. Could you imagine? That would be amazing. <laughs> You're like, yeah, no, it's right here. No idea. Um, but yeah, it literally was my voice. So you take that and then you take that filter that you can make people talk to music or sing to a song with just a photo. Yep. And you put that to it. That's deep fake. You can make anybody say anything. Exactly. That's why I think it's so funny when people get worked up about stuff they see on the internet about like the president or something else. I'm just like, that's not even real. Look, not him. You don't have no way. No. <laughs> You're like, you know, like, it's okay. Yeah, you have no idea. 
Were you in the room? Then you don't know. Yeah. You know, was it live? Because you don't, then you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You can't, that's what I mean. And things like this, these podcasts, and so they have opened your eyes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, not only have they given you an alternative to, you know, national media with, you know, you know, giving you a different storyline than what you're fed, oh, they, they've brought that to our attention. Yeah. It's, I mean, and again, I'm not interested in a bunch of that shit. Like, this podcast is really just me chatting with people yeah, and yeah, recording yeah. it and being like, hey, you want to listen to us? Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Cool. Go for it. Yeah. I, I think I I think I've done pretty well in life. I know what I'm talking about, and if you want to listen, cool. If you yeah. don't, it's just my hobby. Fuck off. Yeah. Like yeah. you're yeah. paying me to do this. Yeah. Literally nobody's <laughs> paying me to do this. You're not. I'm paying making me. negative money right now. I got to pay this guy. <laughs> I had to drive here. All that. Yeah. Little fucking lights are on. Yeah. Yeah. These hot lights are on. Yeah. It gets warm in here. Oh, my. It's aggressive. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Like I said, I hit 200 pounds on the scale. Yeah, it's good for you then. It's good. It's like we're doing sauna. Sauna. Yeah. Yeah, I leave it hot in here because I'm a fat fuck and everybody makes fun of me. Jesus. Uh, I see after the hike, you didn't do it. didn't change oh your life. God, <laughs> the hike was so brutal. I thought I was going to have to tear you off that mountain. It was... Sorry, man, you're going to die up here. <laughs> <laughs> love, so we, love to help was, you, but... What was the mountain that Jeff had us go up? Case. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's some mountain rat, mountain nadak. In New Hampshire, he was like, yeah, we're going to go on a hike. And I was like, all right, cool. So this fucking guy has me scaling rocks. Right out the gate, it's like this. I didn't see Danny. Just like, oh, my God. So I get him up the up the hill like by this. You made it to the top. Made it to the top. I don't know about fine. You made it to the top. Fine enough. Fine enough. Coming down. Down was so hard on my knees. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought I was going to fucking lose it. And it was my knees, like yeah, oh. so that. That was that was persevering. But ever thinking, oh man, like I've done runs or done whatever, and you're like, I am not gonna fuck. And then you get through it. That is a great feeling. Also a humbling experience. Yeah, a humbling. Experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Adam and those guys hopped up the mountain. <laughs> well, I and that's the thing is like I know right now that I still couldn't do that mountain. Mm-hmm. But I go to the gym three times a week now at Mission Fitness. Oh, yeah. And I've been going for over a year. Yeah. And I'm in much better shape. You should get but... your money back. <laughs> Messed up. Uh, <laughs> What's he doing there? <laughs> I'm actually in better shape than I was. Great. He's like, yeah. Like, Happy Gilmore. He hands me donuts <laughs> while I'm on the, yeah. on the elliptical. Oh, my God. That's uh, awesome. But it's, it's my joints from yeah. playing football for so long. I know. And wrestling. Just, oh, you were wrestling? And, and stunts in my 20s. Oh, that's right. You were a clown. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Squeezing in that car. Squeezing in that car. It wasn't even that. It's like falling off ladders through tables. Oh, it's like real brutal. Jesus. You know what's funny? You know, we're, you're, you're what, 42, 43, 44? 44. 44. Next one. Turned 40. I still consider myself an athlete. And then the other day I thought, I'm like, you haven't been an athlete in 25 years. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sad. It's. Uh, I was watching a comedian. I don't even know who she was, but she was like, you know why men wear jerseys? Because... They think they're ready to go in the game. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. but that's actually true. It is. We, yeah, it is. Like, I just went to the Bruins game, and with my buddies we met. And we went to we went on Boston, and uh, every grown ass man has a, a, a jersey on at the game. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're jersey wearers. I will never put another man's jersey on to a game. I do. <laughs> I wear them. Oh yeah, never. And I mean, every guy, you're not alone. They're all in there. I get them signed. 
Like, I'm that guy. And if I'm the guy playing and I see a, a, a man walking, I'm like, Jesus I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, I got a 20-year-old kid to sign his jersey <laughs> yeah. on his rookie year. I'm into it. Yeah. Fuck, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that guy's awesome. I still think I go out there and play with him. Give me the sauce. That guy's fucking awesome. Guys, who'd you get? Sauce? Who the hell's that? Uh, the, the, the Jets? The Jets. Oh, that's why I don't know. Rookie of the year, bro. Oh, really? Defensive rookie of the year. What's he play? Cornerback. Uh, that's my old position. He's savage. I don't actually know why they call him the sauce, but I think it's because like sauce covers stuff. That's a pretty good. That's a. Pretty that's good what I think it away. is, but I don't know if that's true. I feel like that's what it should be. Yeah. You know, you smother something with sauce. Sauce is hot. Sauce is sweet. No, I think it's because well, he cover like he's a cover corner, yeah. right? Oh, I get it. So that makes sense to me. Yeah, sure. So that's what I go with. I just gonna tell people that that's what it is. Yeah, I think you had a crush on this man. <laughs> Better believe it. If it wasn't pedophilia, <laughs> yeah, kids like twenty, 20 that's twenty years old. Watch these like I'm watching March Madness, and I remember watch, growing up watching UConn. They were like grown ass men to me. Now they're yeah. they're they're children. Children. I got pulled over the other day, going slightly over the speed limit, and the the cop that came out, I was like, you "Can you them. steal that badge? What do you wear? Halloween costume." Probably shouldn't have started with that because I got a ticket, but yeah. Yeah, we'll probably get shit for this, but you're lucky because you have a son. I have a daughter. Mm. So when she was going into high school, I had to explain to her that she was going to school with adult men. Yeah. I was like, there are adult men that are students at your school. And she's like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, they're 18-year-old men. Yeah. And you're a 14-year-old girl. That's a big gap. I forgot. Yeah. You're a little kid still. You're still, you know, and 18, I mean, not that at 18, you're still adult. Yeah, you're a dipshit. But no, you know, you're 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 a man. I mean, you're. I mean, I might not have been, but there's people out there that were men. At that but they're time. grown. Like yes, they're full grown yeah. people. Not to mention, you're going to school with. Uh, I'm not going to go down this road, but anyway, <laughs> you know, fine. Nah, nothing. But you're going to school with a like. I had to explain to her like you're going to school with adults. Yep. Like so, you have to be mindful of that. You know, like that. Well, I was going to say, in today's world, you got to be mindful, you know, there's teachers that are just out of college that are 22 years old or whatever. Is that out of college? 22 years old. We and, had that. And there's 18-year-old high school girls, 17, 16, in the same building. Like, you got to be on your, you know, you got to be aware. Mm-hmm. You got to, you know, what is an appropriate relationship at 14 with a 22-year-old teacher. And that's a tough yeah. thing to teach a 14-year-old, a girl, boy, anybody, what's an appropriate relationship with a teacher, you know? You brought- well, that's the other thing too. Is like a twenty-two-year-old, you're not fully developed no, either. Like you're not. Fully, that's a tough. Like if you're twenty-two years old and an eighteen-year-old senior mm-hmm. is a student of yours, mm-hmm. like that. I, mean, I was really careful with this conversation. I feel like. Well, it's just one of those things where, like, at what, like, that's a hard situation yeah. to put yourself into. If you're at, if you're the teacher, if you're yeah. the student, yeah, it's a. Because anywhere else in the world, an 18-year-old and a 22-year-old, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's what it is. Yeah, if they had met somewhere else, but not in that teacher-student relationship. Yeah. yeah. As a parent, you're like, oh, I'd rather you didn't date somebody 22. Yep. But, but, you're, a, but you're an adult and whatever, whatever. Yep. So it's, and again, it's like, it's a careful conversation, but that's one of the things I have to talk to my daughter about. Is like, yeah, Boys are fucking disgusting. Yeah, I was one of them. I, I was one of them. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah. how gross. I know what yeah. they think about at that age. Yep. This is it. Mm-hmm. 
They, they have very narrow track minds of what they're thinking about. Until they're 40. Then they, I don't know if what happens after 40. Yeah, I don't know. Still have that. It's a mess. It's not, not good. It's not great. Um, and then again, it's, I don't know what boys are thinking about in high school now because of the internet. We didn't have that. Yeah, that's another one. And I'm not a, a parent who's actively monitoring everything my son views on YouTube. And, you know, my wife is all over it. She travels a lot for work. And, you know, I'll like, he's pretty good. He's not a big social media guy or, um, you know, iPad, phone. He doesn't play video games, really. But there's times he sneaks away with it. And it'll be like an hour. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He's down there watching something. And you remember when you were that, you're like, well, he's only 11. But yeah. a couple years, you you know, if you came across a, a porno somewhere, you and your buddies talked about it, hit it somewhere. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> that was it. Now it's right there. Anything they want, the most obnoxious, disgusting, you know, inappropriate yeah. stuff for kids, is right there at their fingertips. Well, and that's why I was a big... It was a big thing with me and Liza when we talked about it. It was like, I was like, they're not going on social media. It's just not a thing. Mm -hmm. So at what point are they still in on it? They are allowed a couple hours of Instagram a day. Yep. But we have access to their accounts. So we know what they're looking at, what they're looking at, what they're posting or whatever. I, and this is the business I'm in. So I know. So you know. So I know how algorithms work. I know. I think social media is just like dropping your kid off at a bar. Like. That's that's literally what it is, and it's like I'm I'm at the I'm right now at the stage like every my son's friends all are getting phones, and he's like at friends' house more often. Is he sixth grade? He's going into sixth, yeah. And he's um like he he's on ski club, so he takes that coach bus, and you know I gotta know when he's getting picked up. So I'm like I really want him to have a phone for convenience, but I really know how this has hooked me in, and I don't want to do that to my. Well, kid. That's why. Well, what's like, keep him away as long as possible? But it's hard in this world. Like, this is the worst, I think, the worst drug. Like, it is It is mind-numbing. And I get caught up in it, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You've just wasted 45 minutes looking at fucking, I don't know, whatever that guy's name is, doing stupid whatever, you know? Um, that was very vague. But that was super, <laughs> who's the number that one, one guy? guy just... Who's the number one guy on the internet? He's a, that black guy. He's, like, from Africa. Oh, oh the... It's fun of the, like, people doing... The skinny black guy, right? Yeah. The, the, oh, God, he's hysterical. He's the number one, like, whatever, however that's rated. Yeah. He's the highest paid guy on... What's his name? That's how dumb our world is, that that's uh, the highest paid guy. He, like, he does reenactments of these things. This that... is a big thing that he does. He goes like this. Yeah. It's like, people show these most convoluted ways to do something. You know exactly. And then he does it super about. easy. Like, makes fun of it. Oh, you know... Shut up, are you... Are you fucking... <laughs> You've never seen this guy. You're not really describing. He's a skinny black dude from Africa that like, you'll see somebody like trying to open something and it'll be like this big convoluted like thing. And then he'll just like open it and go. Yeah. It's really corny. And he and became very big during the pandemic. Yeah. He like blew up. What, dude. Whatever, Tyler. Anyway. Why don't you go on the internet? Why are you into this social media stuff? Why don't you like go on the internet, learn something. What do I even pay you for? Um, yeah, but that I, kid makes twelve dollars an hour. You think he? You, you know, put a little effort in. A little effort in. Well, he's been here for four years. You think he'd get a bump? Yeah. Just he give did. it up. He's like, fuck it, and get a bump. Twenty percent raise. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to, yeah. So that social media, I don't know. Just but on the phones for kids, there are screen time and things like that that you can do, which is what I do with my shut kids. it down. That'll shut it down. It limits. You can actually limit 
the amount of time they're on certain apps too. Yep. And then I don't let my kids like download their own apps without permission. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to download something, it has to go through me. Yep. Um, and yeah, you can. No, I know you can mind. People can say whatever they want about me being strict or whatever, but the reality well, that's being a good parent before you didn't have to worry about yeah, this. You got to worry about other stuff, right? And you know, now this is a huge. And don't get me wrong; like I'm not worried about her being abducted. Like, is that a real thing? Sure, it sure is. Happens. Like, and it, and it happens. But it's not like but they portray it. Very, you know, very rare. Yeah, it's. The vast majority are not. I mean, abducted. the way it's played, though, you guys are sex traffickers. You know, exactly. Everyone you meet is. But with that said, she can be manipulated. She can be talked into doing stuff that she shouldn't be doing that's inappropriate. She could be, she could become addicted to it. She could, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things that could make her life more difficult because I've had the conversation with her multiple times. Digital is forever. Yeah, that's what, man, I did. So think about the things you did as a 15, 16, 17-year-old boy. Somebody recorded I I would never, I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't have friends. I would have, if they could, you know, maybe the chicken nugget guy from UConn. This is the chicken nugget guy. He's the guy that went off on the wait staff, and it was all videotaped. It ruined his entire life. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know how many times we were up at UConn drinking and doing dumb shit? I might not have ever done that, but there was things equal to that that I probably had done. Oh, yeah. That... You know, right when you're trying to get out of college, get a job, start your life, and the first thing they're checking is that social media. This idiot do anything dumb? And of course, yep, yeah, you know. But digital, and that's the conversation that I have with my daughter is that digital's forever. So if you want to have a private moment or private conversation with a boy or girl that you're talking to, do don't it do it digitally. Do it in person, mm-hmm. or like, like. I know you're 15. I know that you're going to be interested in things that I don't need to know that you're interested in. Yep. But I already and know I you're interested. Like, I know you're interested. Like, mm-hmm. it's, and I have the, I don't know if it's a benefit, but I have the benefit of of not being her biological parent. Like, I adopted her. And I, mm-hmm. it doesn't, I don't think it changes. You don't love her any love less or more. I wouldn't know. Right? No. I don't know no. the difference. But it allows biological. you to have a different, more personal relationship in a different way. It allows me to have, Almost like a separation. Yeah, that ba- I was going to say, there's a barrier. There, there's a separation for me to be a little more realistic in moments where it's like, like we have matching tattoos. Mm-hmm. She's 14 years, she's 15 years old. Yep. You got her tattoo? Yeah. Jesus Christ, DCF. I'm kidding. Well, it's legal. <laughs> really? Yeah, 14 is the legal age in Connecticut. But we don't have any biological link. So that's really, that's... And she has been asking for a tattoo since she was nine years old. Yep. Pretty nice. I have tattoos everywhere, yeah, 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 yeah. but we have no biological link. So I said, I will get whatever you get. Mm-hmm. And we went to a I tattoo wish convention. Hello Kitty or I wish she, she almost did. I was like, cool, let's go. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I'll get it wherever you get it. Yeah. So whatever you get, I'll get wherever you get it. So she chose the Punisher because we, when she was younger, we used to go to comic book stores together and collect oh, That's comics. a great Sylvan right there. That's awesome. Right? So we were at a tattoo convention and she's like, can I really get one? And I was like, if you find an artist that'll do it with us. I'll do it. You go first, though, because if you don't get the whole thing, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. getting whatever you get. Yeah. yeah so yeah, if you yeah. get one squiggly line, I'm you getting one end up in the whole thing. The whole thing. Nice. Like a champ. Right. But for us, that's that's one of those things where and people were like, oh, she's so young or this, that. It's like, first of all, tattoos can be removed. Yeah. This It's not like it was back then. And people are much cleaner and much safer now. Mm. This was a very clean. We didn't do it in the back alley. Yeah, it's like, we just, yeah. I mean, it's not a prison tat. Yeah. Like, we had somebody that ran a shop that that did it very clean, and 
the point is, is that now we have this connection. It's unique. I like that. And it's, she knows that this is us, mm -hmm. right? Like, this is our bond. Like, and people are like, oh, she'll regret it. I'm like, well, she won't because when I, if I die, when I die, because I'm going to die, mm. she'll always have me that to yeah. reflect on and yeah. be like, yeah, this is, yeah. and she'll always have that memory. Mm -hmm. And that moment when we got that tattoo changed our relationship completely. She became so much more connected to me and so much more open with me about shit that she wasn't comfortable talking to me about. But this made her feel grown up and like I trusted her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like breaking out a wall. That's good. Right. Yeah. And I think me and Chance are going to get tattoos tomorrow now. I love it. I don't think he's old enough. Yeah. Let's go to like, can I sign out the song? Borges. There are certain yeah. states that there is no. Uh, I'm sure Texas, Florida will do whatever fucking want. Whatever you want. <laughs> Fucking do it. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of the thing is I was like, you know, it was for me, I am always looking for ways to bond with my kid. And I know she's going to get tattoos. Like, I'm covered in tattoos. Mm -hmm. Liza's covered in tattoos. Like, she's getting tattoos. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen eventually. So why not have her first one actually fucking mean something? Mm -hmm. and, and now she runs out at 17, 18 years old and gets a tattoo. Yeah. It's not this big moment or regret. She's actually thought it through. Like, like I, I got one the day I turned 18 because right. that was like a rite of passage. You're getting it. And it's okay, but I'm, you know, lo looking back, I'm like, I don't need that tattoo. Like, it's not, right. you know. Um, yeah. No, that's a good, I like that. But I knew that she was going to get them eventually, and I wanted it to be a moment that would create a moment in time for her. Right. Like she and then she went to school and everybody was like, that's not real. That's not real. And yeah, of course, yeah. it's real. And yeah, like, nobody called me. Nobody talked to me about it. No teachers even bat an eye at it. Yeah. Her whole volleyball team was like, what? So it was like it was a very good moment. You made her the coolest kid in school immediately. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Step she it on with a bag of cocaine and six pack. <laughs> But there was that moment, and then there was the moment when she was, God, I don't even know. It was during the pandemic that I got my permit, my gun pistol. Yep. My pistol. Did she get hers? She was too young to get one, but I was allowed to take her shooting with somebody. Mm -hmm. So I allowed her to shoot because I don't want guns to be something that is a mystery to her. Yeah. I don't want her I to find I had one. I grown up with, like, knowing, being comfortable around them, knowing how to use them. You know, I buddies, had the, like, their fathers, they, had, they hunted. They It was just how it was. They know... You know they're not worried about them. Like I'm, I'm terrified to keep my pistol in the house. I mean, it, it is, but that's my son will. You know, because I've never lived in a house with them. You know, I only hear that oh they're gonna break in. He's gonna yeah. break in. He's gonna shoot himself. Like, well, ours are ours are all locked up in. Like a they're supposed to be. Yep. Nobody knows the code but me. Even Liza forgets the like code. Any fear fucking... that was built into you if you didn't grow up that way. And I didn't grow up with guns. I didn't think guns were necessary. I didn't think guns were needed in my life. I didn't think guns were something that I even wanted in my life. And I'm not really sure what it was that I decided to get my pistol permit where it was like, I should have this. Mm -hmm. I think it became a thing where I was like, I have a daughter and I want her to know all the ways to defend herself. Mm -hmm. I want her to know all the ways to be confident and safe. And a gun is a, certainly a way for her to understand that she can be confident and safe. So she, you know, she did jujitsu. Mm -hmm. She, and then when we did, when we did firearm training together, because I made her come to the firearm training class, 
and sit through it and do the whole thing. And I paid for it to just be us. Mm -hmm. So it was just us that did the whole training and she was allowed to shoot. But this way, if she finds a gun at somebody else's house, she knows how to handle it. Knows how to... Not only does she know how to handle it, she also knows it's not a fucking toy. Mm -hmm. And she has no curiosity she about it because she knows what it is. Mm -hmm. Right? If I had found a gun when I was 10 years old, fucking forget it. Like, oh, yeah. I got to play with it. And I remember like pointing crossbows at or whatever, my compound bows at me and my buddies at each other. Looking back. Oh, I remember shooting each other with fucking BB guns. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's still cool. But <laughs> now these little pussies have fucking eight ball guns. <laughs> Shot each other with. Freaking real bullets. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Uh, hey, don't worry, you're good. Just throw some goggles on. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she would aim guns at each other. Like, it's just terrible, like, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> it was the 80s. What do you want? Uh, like, that was just what it was in the 80s. I thought it was a BB gun. But, and that's... And as long as guns are legal... People will have them. Yeah, there's no, the die is cast. There's no gun. Right, there, and there's, I don't think. Well, as long as you could make them illegal, they're not, and the people, they're not going away. I mean, you know, when you talk right. about that, they're not going anywhere. But I don't know that my, um, hopefully my daughter's not in a situation where she's around a bunch of people that have illegal firearms mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm hoping that's not the crowd she hangs out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? We can all hope for the like, best for our kids. Yeah, we can hope for the best. <laughs> but, so if she finds one in somebody's house that legally owns one, I want her to know like how to handle it, know that like what it feels like to fire it, because that's the curiosity, right? The curiosity isn't being shot by a bullet. The curiosity is feeling the the gun go off and knowing and what that the power that it has, right? And you go, oh fuck, that's a yeah, lot. It's real, right? Then yeah. like that's real. So as long as they're legal and as long as they're available, I want her to know how to handle it mm -hmm. and know what to do with it, and. That's not my political statement on guns. Like, no. I do I? I definitely don't think people need automatic assault rifles or anything like. Like, I don't, I don't grasp the concept. I'm uh, I, I see it differently. I think because uh, again, tinfoil hat. Yeah, I think if the government can have it, I can have it. I don't mean tanks and airplanes, but I, you know, if if they're out there and they're going to use them, or if anyone, you know, and and they're they're out there, I should be allowed to have them as a. And I'm, you know, I think, you know, uh, I'm a libertarian. Like, I feel like I too far. Would I? I feel like there's restrictions that need to be added. I feel like there's got to be a way to keep them out of the hands of people that are meant. Yeah, I think that I think, I think that there's a huge thing. I think there also needs to be I a think much we take the wrong approach at it. I think there needs to be much more aggressive training, like almost like it can't like, be a week, it can't be a one day course. Why is why is it that there are different classes of driver's licenses, but not different classes of pistols or permanent owners? Yeah, if you want to, if you want to get a high capacity magazine, some maybe some more training. Yeah, I can see that. Like that, I got like the guys in the. I, I, and I agree with that. That's a good point. The guys in the military that are allowed to use those and that they have years of experience or at, at least six months of basic training to right. You know, learn how to right. And then whatever years they served mm -hmm. after that six yep. months of basic training. Right, and you know that they go through drills and they need to go through all this stuff. So, there, it just even like an electrician, like you're in the trades. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at it like that, you you have to be trained to use dangerous shit. Mm -hmm. Right, you use dangerous shit every day. Yep. Then you were trained with it. You like nobody's throwing. Like you're not doing a, you're not an electrician, so you're not really doing a ton of electrical work yourself. No. I imagine you're not doing any. No, but like, and I can't because I don't have that license for doing. Right, but the guys that do. 
They could kill themselves or somebody else or burn down an entire yeah, house. They have years. They have hours. They have right. you know, thousands of hours so they can get their license. I, I agree with that. Right. You, know? you need, like, what? What is it? Like 5,000 hours to get your electrician's license. Yep. Okay, you need 5,000 hours to own an assault rifle. Yep. And I'm good with that. And you, you need a, a comprehensive background check on you. Right. Done. You know? But, you know, it's still not going to stop that wacko that they're going to It's not. Like and that's size cast. They're out there, and and it's and all of that stuff is very sad, and all of that stuff is unacceptable. Yeah, no, like we talked about the abductions, it's it's not it, it's not what it. The vast portrayed. majority is safe. The ma- the vast majority is it's not happening. Yeah, and when it does happen, it, it's very like all and it of, kills me when it happens at school. Right, that we've got to do something. We've got to. I don't know if it's something at the school or because, like I said, you know, you're not going to get all the crazies. You're not going to get all the guns. But we can keep we can keep banks safe. We can keep um, you know, we 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 know how to keep places safe. We should be able to keep our most valuable, you know, our, our parents' most valuable asset safe when they're at school. We should, yeah, not asset, but their you know possession. Same same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a synonym. I'm really killing this podcast today. You're crushing it. <laughs> Jesus. Ugh. But it's it's that thing. Should have done where... in the morning. I'm more on in the morning. You're five thirty. I'm ready for bed. I'm old. <laughs> um but that's that's where I stand on again, it's not a political statement about guns. It's it's realistic. And that's where I like to to kind of walk the line is what's realistic. What's real and what's not real. Like it's you pick any political topic and I'm gonna be the guy that's trying to to understand both sides and kind of figure out where I sit in all of it. And that's why I talk about this a lot on here too, is this whole lead with kindness bullshit needs to stop. Oh, you think it's ridiculous. It, you need to lead with love. That's what you need to do. You got to give everyone the benefit of the doubt before. But when you lead with love instead of kindness, what you're doing is you're saying, I care about you. I want to understand what you're trying to tell me. Now I can help you in a very kind way. But if I leave with kindness, all I'm doing is going, I'm going to be very helpful. I'm this. Everything you're doing is great yep. and acceptable and awesome. Mm-hmm. And I love you for all of Nod, it. And I'm going to. Yeah. Yep, I'm gonna it's all great. I'm going to be a pushover. But could you imagine if that's how you treated your kid? That's what happens to some of these kids is that their parents are leading with kindness and they think it's love. And it's not. And we got a lot of confused kids out there. Right. And it's not the kid's fault. It's the parent's fault. Yeah, of course it's the parent's fault. It's the parent's fault. It's, it's our generation's fault. I don't know what we did. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I, we're making um, what was naive. Um, I don't really want to say it's weak, but vulnerable, um, sensitive kids. Like they're just, and I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying. Well, we were the last generation, I think, because you're actually technically a millennial. No, I'm not. I'm Are a, you an ex? I'm, I'm the I'm the weird because I'm from I'm eighty. It's like seventy eight to eighty two was this weird. Yeah. In between. Things. Yeah, we're like, that's a, that's my generation. Yeah. It's that weird generation. And in that generation, I think we were the last generation to not be coddled. Mm-hmm. We were the last generation that if you lost, you lost, and you mm-hmm. had to deal with losing. I, yes. Yes. It wasn't like, everybody's a winner. Everybody's great. Everybody has something special about them. Nope. Does everybody have something special about them? I'm sure they do, and you have to find it. Mm-hmm. 
but there's a journey to finding it. You're not good at everything yeah. you do. Today you weren't you're, you weren't special. You're not great. Yeah, today you were not special. Today you were not great. Mm-hmm. Today you were not yeah. better than everybody because else. Because then when it happens it, it happened like my son's eleven. Now, you know, we've done we've coddled them, coddled them, coddled them. Now it's getting to the point where kids aren't gonna be on a team or they're not gonna you know, yeah. they're not gonna be and they cannot handle it. No. You know? And I mean it, it's 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 sad. Like we're creating a weak well and that's i think that you and i have very similar parenting techniques with our kids is i know oh, mine's all over the place i don't know about technique <laughs> no well it's there's there's philosophy there yeah so there's very yes because we are in that that window of generation and we had our kids older mm-hmm. and we were both we weren't great at i don't care no, for no, you no. but we weren't great athletes i don't think i think we were run of the mill, but we were better than average. Yep, good high school. Right, we were, we were able to play in high school mm-hmm. and be a starting player. Mm-hmm. Right, which means you're not you're not great. Well, you're not phenomenal. You're not Florida State wasn't it. knocking on the yeah. door. No. Florida State wasn't calling yeah. and offering. Maybe now at a five seven two hundred they would be, but back then, <laughs> yeah, you get good <laughs> nose tackle. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, and my father, you know, he was. He, I mean, he was. Uh, he's a great. He's a great father. Our, our relationship was always tight, but he was always tough on me. And I, in the same way on my son, to a fault. You know, that's why, I mean, it's a fine line. And this parenting thing is a, is a I like to say I have a philosophy or a path that I'm taking, but it's day to day. It's, you know, mm-hmm. and questioning yourself constantly on what you did and, you know, guilt for things you do. But, you know, you're, everything you're doing, you're doing with love and compassion and that and trying to get your kid ready for life, but you're like, I mean, at every turn, you're, am I doing the right thing? Was that, you know, is it, how's this going to affect him when he's older? Um, you just hope you get to the end and they turn out all right. Do you ever apologize to your kid? Yes. After a reaction? I, I do, because I, I, I have a temper and I see it's in him, and that could be genetic. I mean, it's definitely, you know, nature versus nurture. It's definitely some nature or nurture. It's me acting like that, my explosive behavior when things don't go my way. It's like I, you know. Um, and I see it in him already, and that's one of the things I hate. I'm like, Jesus, what am I teaching him? But also, I like that he is passionate and cares about things that much that he gets that fiery about it. Yeah, it's the little things that piss him off, and the little things that piss me off when we overreact. And I'm like, that's the the downfall of who we are and in how I'm acting and raising my kid. Right, and there's there's a piece I do apologize. I've apologized to my daughter multiple times. Because, yeah, so. I probably do it once a week. I'd say I don't know. So, no, not that much. Fucking animal. I've done better at it. Yeah. Oh, I'm but, working on the anger. It's tough. But there is something to be said about the fact that I do actually. When she does get fired up about something, sometimes I'll smile and be like, "Good. Oh God. Good." And I, I should. You know, I, I, I expect him to turn it off. Yet I've since he was five years old, I sent him out there with sharp skates and a hockey stick and a helmet. And, and, and tell him to beat the other team and, and be, you know, competitive and aggressive. And then when it, he takes it off the ice, um, what it, or any parent, you're surprised? Like, I, I, you know, that's what we're... But you have to turn them, you have to teach them eventually how to turn it off, or they have to learn that Jordan Peterson. What, what that's one of Jordan Peterson's, that you got to be a monster, but know how to... Turn it hit, off. You turn it off. Right, and I think... No one wants a, no one wants a weak, you know, man. They want to... A monster who can control that monster. Yeah. But I think, and I don't know that that's mutually exclusive to men. No, no, it isn't. I just, I, but that's what I mean. That's the thing about, like, I like Jordan. I think Jordan's pretty uh, smart guy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he is a pretty smart guy. He is a smart guy. Yeah. Like, clearly, he's mm-hmm. very educated. Mm-hmm. 
But that's the thing about somebody like Jordan that where I start to think about people and I go, I don't think that the monster is mutually exclusive to men. No. Because I want a woman that is just as much. No, but that was his market. He knows who he's selling. Sure. His he knows who is. But I personally, I like a woman that has a savage in her. Like, I want to know that, like, I want to know that my wife is going to step between me and somebody else and punch them in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about that where you're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, she's yeah. Does she well, we do have different. Def- I mean, I don't know. The, the, that's a fine line. You want a tough woman too, but you know, I there can't be two of you in the relationship. No, because I've been in with two of them. I'm, I'm in, and, and we, it, it's combative. You know, right? Um, and I don't know, it, it, you know, if one of us steps back or or who should step back. Just by nature, you would assume the woman steps back, and every other species, but. You know, we've kind of... That's not true, necessarily. I guess... I mean, in in general terms, I mean... I just don't think it's part. mutually exclusive. I think that it's situational. I think that there's... I think when you're in a good, balanced relationship, you know when your wife is supposed to be the aggressor mm-hmm. and when you're supposed to be the aggressor. Yeah. Right? You know when... But I'm saying in... in you know, uh, I don't even know what the wording is, but... The male was the protector, the female was the nurturer. I mean, that was, and we've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. Right, and I don't know enough about history to know when it turned. I would say but, I know that, but I know that there was part of civilization where both men and women had to protect their kids from wild animals and wildlife. And, like, if the man was out hunting, yes, gathering or whatever. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like, you had to be fierce enough to protect the young and mm-hmm. protect. And then somewhere along the line, civilization, civilization built up this thing where they were like, well, I'm bigger and stronger, so I'm going to do this part. And you're going to stay home and with your kids. And you're going to do this part, right? And now it's, okay, now we're trying to redefine. Well, now we both, everyone, you know, both both parents have to work to, to, to survive now. You know, you yeah. have two incomes to make it. So you're, you're essentially playing, not the same role, but you're, you're coexisting. Yes, you're coexisting. You're co-parenting. You're you're living together as a team, and that's where, for me, I know that if I was with a woman that I felt like she couldn't handle life on her own, I don't know that I would be able to to be a partner with that woman. Make sure to come back for part two to hear the rest of this discussion.